Alrighty, guys, it is Stu. It is What the Fuck Gym Talk. And I've got Ethan Chandler here from Phoenix. Is it martial arts and fitness? Martial arts is predominant. Yes. Yeah, martial arts. Yeah, Phoenix Fitness and martial arts. And you were in the Arlington, Virginia area, correct? Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, so. Virginia. Okay. Ethan is uh, a guy I've gotten to know very well over the years, working together just not only professionally, but a lot of our calls and conversations would sometimes drift to these kind of higher level conversations. We'd be talking about something very niche down that he's experienced in his business. And before I know it, I look at the clock and we've spent 10 minutes kind of extrapolating on something very big picture. So, um, and Ethan will always make a mention, you know, we, we message each other on Facebook back and forth when different things are published. And, you know, he's always got great fucking commentary. He's the only guy I've ever had do a guest post for my newsletter. He did one. If you guys uh, had a chance to read a newsletter I sent out where he broke down the, the, essentially the data of retention on his business since he's kind of implemented PT first and how it was a slow start, but looking at the retention over time, it, it definitely has paid off in that regard. So anyway, Ethan, if you wouldn't mind, brother, take a few minutes here and just kind of give everyone a quick background as to who you are, why it's important, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, so Ethan Chandler, uh, 47 years old, business is four years old now. Uh, my wife and I are both co-owners in it. You guys might also recognize him as the sword fitness guy. <laughs> The viral video. We'll, we'll talk about that here a little bit. Yeah, we will. Uh, that was funny. Uh, so let's see. A quick life story. I grew up in New Hampshire. So I'm a New England boy with all my sports teams. And yes, you can hate on the Patriots, but they are the definition of excellence. And uh, so growing up there, though, I was, I was a fairly smart kid, but I was small, skinny, shy. So I got picked on and beat up all the time. And so I had this life quest as a, as a you know, whatever, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old to change that. And it started with lifting weights. I thought if I lifted weights, I would get hulked out and nobody would pick on me anymore. I developed a love for lifting weights, but didn't have the genetics to put on any real size. So that wasn't the full answer at least. And it wasn't until later when I get into martial arts and started learning how to truly defend myself and making some of the altercations go the other way that it really transformed me. So that was huge. Big impact on my life was both fitness and martial arts. Career, though, was in corporate America. So when I graduated college, I ended up moving to Virginia. I worked for a big bank, a credit card issuer, primarily at the time, Capital One, and thought I would just do that for a year or two and move on and ended up being there for just about 20 years. So good career, uh, learned a lot on leadership and management, uh, business analytics, did really well. I uh, didn't love the end product and give two shits about credit cards, but I enjoyed the teams I worked with and the strategies that we worked on. But I always had this, this dream, someday I'm going to open a gym or, uh, or a martial arts dojo. That's my, that's my passion in life. Someday I'm going to do that. I know they don't make much money. I know they're just a hobby. So I'll do it when I'm retired and when my kids are out of the house, college, moved on to whatever they're going to do. That was my life plan. And that plan got pulled forward a little bit when about five years ago, my mom got brain cancer. So I ended up taking a leave of absence from my company to help care for her. She was still back up in New England. And so I flew back up there a lot to help her and my dad. And I watched her give up her own small business career that she'd started well, in her 60s. So way late in her life. She'd loved it, but then she had to give it up when she was diagnosed with cancer. And I just remember the regret she had from not having started earlier. So she never 
told me that I should, but I took the lesson that, all right, I get it. I keep saying I'm going to do this later someday. Why don't I go do it now? So I uh, made a vow to her that I would go pursue my dream. Came back and told my wife that we're going to walk away from nice, solid income and benefits and everything else that comes with that. And we're going to go open a small business that has a failure rate of over 80%. Sounds like a good plan. Let's go. It goes well. Yeah. So um, someday we'll have to tell the whole story of how we ended up in this place and what we did to get here because we started off trying to buy businesses thinking my expertise was in analyzing things. How well are they working? How well are they not turning them around? I figured it'd be better just to buy an existing business and fix it up. Um, there were too many skeletons in the closet of every business I looked at that scared the shit out of me. So we just that is so not. true. Every one of these, every one of these micro gyms, like the, if I had just a folder of skeletons in the closet, like a file on each gym, I would need a four terabyte fucking external hard drive. Yeah. I mean like behind and defaulting on the, on the lease and yeah. just, I mean everything that would just been, you know, tax potential tax evasion. Just yeah. Everything horrifying things. And then nobody would ever value it objectively, of course, cause it was their, it was their passion, their hobby. So, Hey, I think my business is worth a million dollars. Yeah. But you're losing 13,000 a month. Yeah. That, that doesn't work out. So we ended up having to build from scratch to start our own business. And originally it was just going to be the fitness side of the business. I was going to keep training martial arts somewhere else uh, until that place got shut down and all my martial arts buddies, we were doing jujitsu at the time. I've done various martial arts over the years, but all my jujitsu buddies said, Hey, wherever you go with the gym, just throw some mats in the back, keep us training together. And so I decided, why not? Why don't we combine both my loves? We'll do hybrid fitness and martial arts. So that's how we got to where we are now. We've got, uh, how many years in are you right now? I'm sorry. How many years in are you right now? Four. We just crossed the four-year mark. Awesome. Four since we opened. More than that since we took the lease and started the build-out. Yeah. Awesome. So here we are. And again, I think one of the strongest things you have going for you, which I, so every time I get on a call with somebody, I always kind of just, I, I've got my framework in my head set up based on the kind of owner that person is. Some of my guys are type one, type two, type three, whatever. And, and so with you, I was always really, I, I always prepared less on your numbers for your call. I would look at them so I knew them, but I didn't, I knew I didn't have to practice them to teach them to you because you already knew them probably better than honestly I did at the moment. You like, or you're a numbers guy through and through and your analytics yep. are, you're, you're it just always resounding. I think on one of our last calls, I told you, I said, I need your ass to get out from behind your Excel sheet and get, and I told you over my cold rips. dead body. You'll rip them from my hands. Like, you know, <laughs> not going to happen. But that is such a refreshing thing for me and what I do because unfortunately, just a lot of my guys, the numbers become the hardest part. It's the most daunting. They're like, listen, you roll a barbell to me, I'll tell you exactly what's on it within point three seconds. Right. No plate, right? I can do kilograms, the pounds, and yeah. foods, the pounds. But fuck you and your, you know, your P&L and your EBITDA and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So this was always very refreshing for me. And you know that our newsletter article that I referenced earlier, I didn't ask Ethan to do that. He like, again, this is what this dude does. Like, if you want to party with Ethan, bring your Excel sheets. This well, guy, I also didn't know it was going to be your newsletter. I just said, hey, Stu, here's some shit I learned. I'm going to write it up and like, send it to you. Like, oh, great. I'm going to send it out to hundreds of other people. Like, oh, shit. I was like, right. Ethan, great. I don't have anything scheduled for a newsletter. Perfect timing. But I was reading through it. I was like, this is just really good. You know, it makes sense. And I think for a lot of guys, because obviously I pushed the PT first thing for certain most models. Um, and I, I push that really hard and I think people have such a hard time on it. And yours really talked about the math on the back end. 
Yeah. Right. If you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about just kind of to summarize that, that newsletter, that article that you wrote. Yeah. The thing for us, uh, the retention side of the business and the retention numbers were something I really hadn't paid much attention to. So when I build out my original spreadsheet, of course, and I said, here's how many new people will sign up every month and here's how many will drop off. It was more of a constant number. And so I could say, all right, if we're going to add, you know, 10, 15, whatever the number was, we're going to lose five every month. Like, Hey, this will work out. We'll just keep growing until we fill the facility. And what I didn't realize was how that attrition or retention, whichever way you want to look at it, is going to be a percentage. And in the first year or two, it was a really low percentage because your friends and family and everybody signs up. It's all your buddies and everybody's a passionate part of that founding club. Um, they don't drop off as much as then when you just start bringing in people who are newer to your business, just looking for a fitness solution or for martial arts. So for the first couple of years, you know, we held on to a lot of people. And then we needed to, we wanted to start growing more. So we had like, at the time, I think we had one of our programs, our kickboxing program that had dwindled mostly due to our trainer, like rotation, bringing in a new trainer every few months and having a mix and match, which is another issue we'll talk about maybe later on this call. But uh, we pretty much decimated that program. I got a call from one of those six week challenge guys. Hey, do you want to run one of these things? Sure. This program is about on life support. There's no harm. This was one where they paid to do all the marketing and then we did a 60 40 split on the back end for anybody who signed up and uh it was it was a learning process we learned how to sell because you yep. have to sit it's in front a great of boot camp for dozens and dozens of people and it, it helps you practice your sales pitch which is good the targeting they did was shit though so we were bringing in people that you know, other side of town that would never be able to make it here regularly we were bringing in people that uh had to take a bus over here yeah um, because they don't own a car. Like that's not our market. Our price point is pretty those high. Guys do that to show you a, a lower cost per lead, a lower, you know, that's why they do it, even though they know it's not in the best interest of the business. Yeah. But we learned from that. And I remember listening to, I don't remember whose podcast it was, but hearing another business say, Hey, we did the same thing. And then we realized, why can't we just do this on our own? So then we started trying that. We just figured out like I can do Facebook marketing fairly well. I think I get what they're going for. We can target our market a lot better. So we started running those and the first few were just, I mean, it was a slam dunk. You'd spend, you know, a couple grand and get 20 grand back in people signing up for the six week. And then a good number of them would convert over and they seemed to be sticking around. So it was like, ah, it's the Holy grail. We found it. But then each successive one became more expensive to market more and more around us were doing it. And of course they were doing the Hormozy free one. So we started getting more and more people coming in and saying, is this one free? Oh, it's not. No, thank you. Uh, so with costs going up, the leads slowing down, the conversion to the six-week trial going down, and then to membership going down, that was all a challenge. But we were still, it was still more than break-even, so we kept doing it. But it's when I really started looking at how many were we keeping, and that was eye-opening. So we'd gone from a pretty decent retention rate to a pretty horrible one with those challenges. They were just, even after they signed up, after two or three months, they would find some reason they had to quit. Like, hey, I'm I'm injured. Well, are you really? Well, yeah, it just hurts too much to train and, or, and my life's too busy. And now they, do we believe the psych profile of someone who responds to a six week challenge ad at two in the morning is similar? Like again, think of those as seen on TV ads, right? For the fat blaster gazelle 2000 with three easy installments of 39.99. Is it like the psychology of that person I just feel is it's a weak psychology. It's an easy, it's easy prey. They don't know how to spend money. Well, they're probably, you know, again, poor decision maker and you're able to close them if you get them in the door. Mm -hmm. But at some point that same psychology is going to turn on you. 
Right. Yeah, the, the people are going to jump from thing to thing. They're looking yeah. for the next quick solution. And once they realize they're in for the long haul, it's like, ah, you know, I'm going to go look for the next quick thing. So, yeah. yeah, we started losing a fair number. And that was, um, I think, right about the time I started working with you, we'd run, we'd run either our last one or we're about to run our last one. We would finally decided we're out of that game. And that's when you were starting to pitch the PT first, which I was resistant to. Yeah, yeah, you were. And not so much on the fitness side. I think I got it there, but it was the legit martial arts. I, I remember for you too is like again because you came from a martial arts side, which is obviously yeah. very high skill, and people just kind of step in the martial arts, and you're able to whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember the I remember these calls where we sat here, and I remember the thought going through my head when we would talk about it is. I understand the domino effect. He's thinking, wait, shit, I'm going to have how many coaches that need to be on staff to do all these PT sessions and all this other stuff. And, it, and that's, that's essentially what I get a lot of resistance on is the logistics behind it, the manpower behind it. Mm-hmm. But again, what I, what I loved about this newsletter is that it was the PT first. I tell people you don't do the business owner doesn't do it selfishly out of like a, Ooh, all the money I'm going to make. Right. Don't make a lot of money on it. You make 30%. It is literally for retention and coach increase in pay is what you create a better opportunity with. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they, like I got that for the fitness side. It's just every martial arts I've ever joined, Taekwondo, Shotokan, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's jump in as a white belt. You're going to be brand new. You're going to do it with a class. Maybe there's a beginner's program, but there's no one-on-one. Although maybe a way back in historical times, it was the one apprentice, the one sensei. Could you and me go on the road and start hitting these martial arts studios and selling them on PT first? Ah, man, I think if you put these numbers together and showed them, it's just eye-opening because yeah. the big thing for me was when I first started, like, so we finally made the commitment. All right, like, we're going to do it and we're going to do it across the board. I'm not going to do it for my fitness side of the business and not for my martial arts. Like, I don't want that much complexity in my business. One model into different programs. When we first started offering it and to see almost the sigh of relief when you said, I'm going to start you off one-on-one with the instructor. And they were just, oh, thank oh, God. Thank oh, God, God yeah. Like, I mean, on the fitness side, all right, I'm going to look like a fool in front of others. I don't know these terms you're using. I don't even know, like, where do I get the weight from? What are the collar things that I put on the bar? Like, all of that. It's, it's not even just the, the exercises. It's the etiquette and the expectations. It's the what is a barbell. And here's right. how I know I pitch it. When somebody is, like, resistant as a gym owner, I say, when was the last time you took a yoga court class? And their answer yeah. is normally never. And yeah. I say, what I would love for you to do is, please, here's my cell phone number. I want you to take a yoga class this weekend. And I want you to call me as soon as you get out. And I want you to let me know if you still have the same sentiments out of doing one-on-one first. And Mm -hmm. and again, maybe I've said that to probably 200 people. And maybe I've had six people ever text me afterwards. and be like, dude, I didn't know what warrior three was. And I almost knocked over four women. And I felt like a complete asshole. I get it now. It's all it takes. It just takes one embarrassing experience where you don't know what's happening. And because we're all like, oh, no, my fitness is so inclusive. It's just air squats and pressing <laughs> and sled pushes and back squats. I can show you that. They're not as excited about it. They were thinking about coming to you four months ago, six months ago, but they didn't because they're scared of this exact scenario, looking foolish in front of a group. I took ballroom dancing lessons with my wife. Right, we got some for uh, I think it was like a wedding gift or something a while back. So we started taking them, and I really enjoyed it. I I'm totally good with being put out of my out of my comfort zone. But I'll tell you this right now: we were one of like two lessons in there. Had we been one of fifteen or twenty lessons in there, I would have been far less uncom far less uh, far more uncomfortable and more reserved and higher anxiety because there is you always want to do give more of yourself in the presence of others. 
And it is crazy intimidating to, to do something that is unknown to you in front of people who are really, really good at it. And that's just a human thing. So when you were looking at this and you know, we can, we'll move on from the PT first thing in a second here. Everyone who's listening to this has heard me cram it down their fucking throats. Um, but I do think you want to hit on that, like how much that impacted our retention numbers. Yeah. Because coming off those challenges, when we started to lose, uh, and to back up a bit, I don't know if enough people have gone through the math of every month, if you lose 10% of your membership, which is probably a pretty average, not a good average, but a pretty average for micro gyms, like starting with 100 people, then you're down to 91, or you're down to 90, right? Then the next month, you're down to 81. And then the next month you're down to 73 and then you get down to the end of the year and you realize I've got like 30 members left. Like that's pretty terrible, but you don't realize that until you start looking at the numbers month to month, especially if you're growing because it kind of masks that problem. That's the problem. When you start moving from it's always dumping new low term or low or high churn clients into your thing to offset your retention because retention right. has to be calculated with people coming in. Yeah. My equation, and again, you and me talk about this, you're an analytics guy. The equation I use in my numbers tracker for the clients I use, it factors bodies in the door and the bodies that go out the door to give you your end retention number. I've done the entire equation out there. But yeah, when, if you listen to what Ethan's saying, if you're at 10% retention, which again, I'd give you a D minus 10%, anything under 90%, you, you need serious help. But let's just say you're even in the low the 90s, you're going to be losing people. The only thing that masks that, that makes you not as worried is the people coming in the door. Yeah. Well, there's a point where you're gonna have slow sale months. You're, they're not like, you might not grow at all. You might net zero. Me and Ethan have talked about this. What's my goal for a gym to net? One to two members a month. And that seems crazy with the Alex Ramosi world of everyone like 30 members a month. And I tell people, I'd be happy if you net two. Because mm -hmm. that's realistic, consistent growth. And the guys that scream otherwise are either brand new, they have zero clients and they're getting beginner gains, or again, they have some kind of marketing agenda in my opinion. Yep, they do. So yeah, that really changed our game when we started looking at the retention. And we looked at the retention in, again, going back to my financial days, in tranches. And like, everybody signed up in Q1. How are they running off? People in Q2, how are they running off? So you can start to look at the people we did in these challenges, not just overall, because overall, it could be a mix of all the members we had from the beginning that had a really high retention rate. And then all of these challenge members that had really low retention rate. And on average, it might look okay. But when we broke it out and look at the challenge members themselves, it was terrible. Yeah. So then as we started implementing the PT first and started breaking them out and looking at, God, they're like 97% sticking around month after month. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's when we went all in from no more challenges to no, no more even just general group on ramp to PT first for everybody. And this is something you and me just personally as business owners, like me not as wearing the what the fuck gym talk hat, but wearing the urban movement hat. You and me have had discussions and Facebook, you know, audio messages back and forth. Like, bro, what is, who is figuring out this marketing stuff? Like what is happening? So when the, I did the CEO collective call uh, yesterday and what I, and I called it uh, Facebook advertising in the post apocalyptic six week challenge era. Because like a lot of people are well aware of the gym launch kind of thing that's happening with, you know, they're going the supplement route. They're still doing their plays, but there has been a bigger detraction, a public detraction from people than we've ever seen out of that very loyal cult-like group, which again, no shame towards Alex or hate on Alex. What he's doing is great, but um, there's been a large detraction there based on where they're going. And again, it's not all Alex's fault. Facebook's algorithm itself is preventing more and more people from utilizing free six week any, like they're getting, they're cracking down on this language. 
And with that being said, me and Ethan have always gone back and forth, like, dude, who is going to figure this out? And is it figure out a bowl? And I think, like, I just think of it like when I talk, so I had a, a podcast here today, not for my channel, for, an, for another station. And that guy is in, uh, he's been in IT sales. He's purchases million dollar companies. And we talk about marketing. He's like, the idea that you can buy a customer is true, but not in the sense that the small business owner truly understands it. A small business owner, because the scope is so near, you're so zoomed in, looks at buying a customer. Is like, I, I, I pay you and you make people come in and then it's on me to close them. But in the fitness industry, if they're in your doors, you're pretty much halfway there. Like you're at least 50% there. In the big world, like when I talk to these guys, like things that even for me, I have to really zoom out on and really kind of think about buying a client means being in front of them every week or every day and every month for two years. Mm -hmm. And then being at the tip of their brain when they do decide to make it, but there's three stages in a buying, in the buying cycle. There is, um, there's uh, awareness, consideration, and purchase. And if you go to Facebook, any of you guys listening to this, I'm not making this up. Go look at the three objectives you have on Facebook. There's, they have three sections. One's called awareness. One is called consideration. And one is called conversion or purchase. Those are the three stages of the buying cycle. Google it. It's not, this is not my opinion. This is other people smarter than me. I think that we just don't spend enough time realizing how long of a process awareness is. That is such a long process for people to be aware. And like when I hear of something like, um, have you heard of Fat Llama? I have not. No. Okay. Fat Llama is a rental company. I can rent out all of this fucking video equipment. I could rent out my car. I can, and people rent from like, oh yeah, I need a car for the weekend. It's kind of like, or I need a, a camera or I need a fucking laptop or whatever. You could rent anything on Fat Llama. There's something like 600,000 users on it and they're exchanging numbers in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands a day. I've never heard of Fat Llama told this past week. I was looking for a boosted board when I was in San Jose and someone recommended it to me. Do you know how many amazing brands and companies are out there that are doing things that are just blow you away that none of us have ever heard of yet? Because awareness is the hardest part. Once you have awareness, consideration is the easiest part. You just punch them over and over again with the shit that they want. That's either educational or entertainment. And then purchase, which is that, that's, that, that's the easiest part of this three-part equation, in my opinion. What, is, what do you think? And again, I, this, is, this is a loaded question because I, I, I probably have a better answer. I'm doing it more for the podcast listeners. What has been the hardest part for your business? Awareness, consideration, or purchase? Uh, the purchase isn't that hard. When they come in the door, if they've gone through all the awareness and consideration first, by the time they walk in the door, like the conversion rate is really, really high. Yes. So for us, it was that awareness. And this is where going back to like the, the fitness marketing companies, like, and you and I talked about this. I am just, I'm intrigued by how they all market to their clients, the gym owners, but then how they market differently to the gym owners, potential clients. clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do they market to you and I? Well, they actually start with the awareness. I see stuff scrolling, but sometimes it's just content. It's Alex Ramosi or Mike Arce or somebody. They're just sharing, like, hey, guys, do you know how to calculate your retention rates? Yeah. You should because here's how your customers are running out the door and you don't realize it. Like, there's no ad there. There's just some good content. And there's lots of that stuff. And then there's somewhere in there a, a hook to go a little bit deeper. Hey, give us your email and we're going to give you an ebook. You know, simple marketing tricks. Or, uh, hey, go join this Facebook group. And you can ask some questions and see some of the stuff we're doing in there. 
So bit by bit, they bring you in, they're building, they're doing the no like, and trust piece. Yep. And then there's never any offer. Not one single one of those companies ever said, Hey, Ethan, I'm going to give you a free month of marketing on me. Not a single one of them. Why? Because they don't have to. They're not giving shit away for free. They've already built the credibility. They've shown you what they do. And by the time, and they've been in front of you all that time, by the time that they, that you know, you want it, you just call them up. You're like, all right, hook me up with your offer. Let's get going. Why don't, why doesn't any damn company turn around and help package that for small, and not just gym owners, small business owners. That's how all small business works. Make people aware of you, get them to understand what you do with more content and building trust and credibility, but then be constantly in front of them. So by the time they decide like, I need to get in shape or I need a plumber or whatever it is, they know who to call yep. and they don't ask for an offer. They're not waiting for the special discount or deal. Yep. And it, you know, it's, it's so funny on the outside looking or not the outside looking in, but from looking into my two businesses, what the fuck and urban movement, let's call it slash CrossFit South End. CrossFit South End was built on no marketing. And again, I look at it, maybe I got very lucky. The word CrossFit and the word South End, which is the most popular neighborhood in Charlotte right now, right time, right place. Yay. Good for me. So if I can do this again with Urban Movement and flip it, which someone asked me today, is Urban Movement more profitable in its second year in business than CrossFit South End was in the second year? No, it is not. We get kicked in the dick every month, but we are building something with a zero reputation behind it. It's going to take a while. We're just, we're being patient. However, with that, I think about, can I just reverse engineer what the fuck gym talk? for that. Cause that is something I feel very confident that I did very, very much aware, you know, awareness, consideration, purchase with content through the S. Now I get a DM. Um, this gentleman says, Hey, Hermosi published a podcast and I'm pretty sure it's directed at you 1000%. And I'm like, what is it? It's a podcast, how gym owners should not be spending time creating content. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't go listen to it, but he just kind of summarized it for me. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like something I would say if I were Alex and, and again, no hate towards it, whatever. But last time I checked, you were listening to a podcast of Alex's, which is content. Yes. There you go. And, and here's the deal. I, if I'm Alex and I'm the one giving you the landing pages and the copy and this video, I don't want you getting wild and creative and creating your own fucking content. I want you staying on the tit of waiting for me to give you the next landing page. And, and that's just my, I mean, again, just one way on it, but I truly do believe. Tons of content. I mean, and his content is good. I listen to his stuff. Yeah, the he's a smart stuff, dude. Stuff. I don't care for his marketing tactics, but the guy's brilliant and he knows what he's talking about. But yeah, he's doing videos in his Facebook group. He's in a, and then he's repurposing them as podcasts. Yeah. Tons of content. So people have already listened to him, heard tons of stuff. Before they are, you aware this, are you aware of this podcast that I'm referring to? Have you yeah. listened to it? Okay. Yep. No, I didn't. I listened to it and I did not automatically think of you. Okay, good. Okay. So. Again, I think it's, I, I doubt it. Like, again, he was, I doubt it was, he was mainly in response to, I think he'd started doing some Instagram stuff and then said, ah, fuck that. I'm not going to spend time on Instagram. I'm not going to create a ton of content. And I think he's probably referring to the people that put the, you know, the, the ab and ass pics out there and are all their content is motivational quote, look at me and I'm going to sell my business. That is like, what yeah, I thought as well. I was yeah. like, I didn't think it was shots fired or anything. I said, he's probably thinking of also the guys who have a broken system. Like again, if you are, the sales are broken, the HR is broken. Yeah. Probably hold off on the content right now. You don't need to go get a camera and start filming and shit like that. You need to just focus on getting your stuff fixed. Right. Mm -hmm. Because again, organically, how much is it going to reach people this, that, and the other thing. But, um, 
No, I, you know, I believe the differentiator. And so right now I know Ethan's, you know, doing some Google, you're going to be doing some Google stuff. You'll be work going back to Google platform, which I've been saying publicly. I think that's probably a very smart play right now because of everyone running to the Facebook. Uh, dude, I have this, I have this thing. I think Instagram, the organic is going to get pulled from it this summer. I think this is the last summer where organics Instagram stays organic. Yeah, it's and, already been dropping. You can see. Oh yeah, you brr, it just slowly, and steadily. Yeah. And so I think from there, and then I think I think then you'll see a big rush back to Google. So I think it's good timing, you know, to to start fucking with Google again. But it was so funny when I when I was talking with that kid Christian on the podcast, and we were talking about it, and me and Joe, like that's that my podcast after you is jamming with Joe, and it's you know with Google, the mindset is so much different. I went ahead and where the fuck is it? Anyway, I bought some new thing for my camera and I literally, I went to, I was on Instagram and I searched the hashtag, hashtag whatever. And I wanted to just see pictures of people using it. I instantly went to Google to find out where to buy it and I went to the one with the best reviews and I didn't ask twice, I just bought. Yeah, there you go. Google reviews. That was the biggest thing for us. We know that Google has, uh, in a good way, changed their algorithm to help small business, targeting in on gyms near me or CrossFit, South End or whatever. But really using the Google reviews as a huge variable in their, in their SEO. So once oh, yeah. we started making sure it. we have a process, hey, three weeks after they've signed up, make sure we send them an email, make it a short link so they can just click on it, leave a review. You know, a good percentage of people do it. Once you build up over 50 plus five-star reviews, every single person that comes in here says, I saw your reviews on Google. I'm stunned by how many and how good they were. That played a huge role in me coming in here. And it played a huge role in them even popping up in the search. 100%. So that's it. You got to play that game. And that's, and that's free, by the way. So it, it's free. And here's that. the deal. I believe, if anyone's listening to this one, it takes, a, like, so I, I task Isaac and Deuce with just trying to get us five new reviews per month. I don't think they've hit five, maybe like once or twice, but mainly it's like two to three is what they end up hitting, right? It's to the point, though, where I'm like, all right, Isaac, if the goal is five, you write one. Put that you're a coach and employee there, but you write one. Ask your mother to write one and say, my, listen, this might be biased. My son, Stuart, owns the best gym in Charlotte. I don't care what it is because they're going to just look at the quantitative number next to it. That's right. But again, yep. that's another thing Alex's group did well. They had an entire dedicated mission where gym owners in the group would all go and write good reviews because they had to counteract the one stars from mm-hmm. someone who was upset with the, the bait and switch. Right. Yep. But yeah, Google reviews right now, literally anyone listening to this, you should be messaging. You probably have to do 10 to 15 clients a week in order to get one to two per month. Done, or, you know, let's call it two to five per month done. But if you're not getting those, message your family members, message your coworkers, anyone that owes you a debt, anyone that you would, if you send them the message, please do me a huge favor. That's always the best line to use. It just baits people in. And have them leave you reviews. You will see an abnormal amount or a higher amount of phone calls and things like that. Um, and make it easy for them. Don't just tell them, hey, go out to Google and review oh, yeah. us. Don't do that. There's, go out to Google, go to your review site, get the link, turn it into a short link, make it as a clickable link in your email, in your text is even better. So click on it, brings yeah. them right to the review site, then they can simply leave it. If you guys are like, what is Ethan talking about a short link? It's called an Owly, O-W-L-Y. All you gotta do is put a Google link shortener and it'll come up just like anything else. And here's another, you can hack, you can Google this, set it so it's already five stars. There's a way for you to send it to them. It already has all five stars filled out. So Google this shit. It's easy enough. Just do it. And it would be crazy. Dude, I got a kid on my fucking street. He has a little lemonade stand. 
that kid created his own little business listing. He's got like 60 some reviews from the neighborhood. That's awesome. And I've got gym owners that have been open for four years and have like 20 reviews. I just want to punch them in the head. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's move on from the, from the advertising front on that side. Let's just talk, let, let's talk a little industry. So PT first, obviously that was one of the things you heard me talk about a lot. I am really big right now on talking about eventually I think digital is going to need to be the next revenue stream for gyms. I truly do believe there should be an opportunity for someone to be canceling an urban movement. Isaac inquires before she, with our 30 day cancellation notice and our cancellation form, like, why are you leaving? I'm sorry. I can't either afford it. I can't fit it into my schedule or whatever. I'm doing this now with my life. I'm I'm, I'm going back to grad school. My work is paying for it. Okay. Magical question. What is your plan for fitness? Where are you going to work out? And literally, that's kind of awkward. It's like, who are you going to date after you break up with me? So I think it makes it awkward for people. But I, you know what? I'm probably just going to do the stuff you've shown me. I've got an apartment complex gym that's already there. They've got some dumbbells and stuff and it'll work. Okay. Well, listen, wouldn't, would you like to be able to follow along with our programming, but it's tailor-made for at-home workouts, dumbbell bias workouts, things like that? It's called whatever, Movement Anywhere. It's $14.95 a month. It'll be the coaches you know and love coaching you through the workouts. You'll be like, there is some kind of a digital experience there that I think could be given to somebody. And even if like at a 30% close rate at the cancellation point, you get 30% of people to be on the tip for that 15 bucks a month. I think you could do well, and I think you could then draw, push it into the world of your hyperlocal market as a low barrier entry. Not ready to commit to the gym? No worries. We have an at-home solution where you get a good feel as to who we are, the kind of workouts we do, our personality, blah, blah, blah. And it's not just a workout posted. It's literally a video of Deuce doing the workout with you. Very similar, like I've done content with Sydney Cummings, who is a YouTube video. Um, she's, you know, YouTube fitness personality. And she does the entire 40-minute workout there on YouTube with you. So you feel like you're not alone. Look what Peloton did. Have you, have you been on a Peloton bike? Nope. God, I know all about it, but I haven't been on one. Yeah, I got to get you on a Peloton bike. It is insane. You would be, you, you're just, the, your brain would be fucking moving about 1,000 miles because the analytics are real time. And literally you can see as other people are doing the workout and you can like mess it. You, you, it's, it's crazy how much real time data is possessed in that thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think digital is something we're all going to have to play with to either a small degree, like having a private YouTube channel and it's yeah. very basic or to the Peloton degree. Yeah. You know what? So this is the first time I've listened to you say that, that I'm starting to get one over the back end stuff. I, I think you're wrong. Like, I just don't think if you, you should have a low cancellation rate. And then the percentage of that low rate taking this and then the low dollar amount that you charge and then how long do they do it before they just go, ah, you know what, I'm paying this, whatever, 10 bucks a month. I just don't, I think it's small potatoes for the effort. Where you just intrigued me was on the front end where you put that together and that's now like that content we talked about, getting people to sure. know, like, and trust you. That 100%. is more compelling to me because that's, that's a lead into the bigger sale and the bigger nut, which is coming in and being a member. So that's more interesting to me than then on the back oh, end. You can, you can still be right and I'd be wrong and you're going to prove well, it. No, this is, this is perfect. And, and these are, these are the conversations I love with Ethan. Cause I'm very, I mean, again, and it's, you know, besides Isaac, there's probably nobody that disagrees with me or makes me count, like secure my position more than Isaac, Joe, and then Ethan. So this is why I want him on here. So if you look in the SAS product, or software as a service, for those of us who don't know what that is. So that's like, again, think of anything you, you think of QuickBooks online right? Think of a lot of the stuff that we all have as a SaaS product. 
Um, this would be a SaaS product, if you will. It'd be an app you would pay a subscription base for. The $14.95 or whatever the number is that all the data tells us, it flies under the consciousness of the purchaser where it just renews every month and they don't think twice about it. Gym Builder was the first people that gave me this idea. When you do a Gym Builder six-week challenge, every one of the clients that sign up are automatically renewed for their nutritional portal at $9.99 a month. 67% is I believe the stat, it was in the 60s, high 60s, keep that thing for up to six months before they realize it's even happening. Now, ethically, they're not getting any value of it, how do you feel about that, this, that, and the other thing, but my goal on this would not necessarily to be something people keep and we, it's, a, it's a revenue generator. What I think the real money comes in on is on the cancellation that I believe can be short term. So I believe there's five reasons that people cancel. You have injury, schedule, finances. I'm not into this anymore. Um, and what is ge geographic, relocation. Mm -hmm. On the term that it is financial, on the term that it is schedule, like a true schedule, not a schedule they just tell you schedule because they feel bad about hurting your feelings. Mm -hmm. I think you might be able to, a better chance to reactivate that person. Imagine you had the data. Sally canceled six months ago. She stayed on the tit. She actually goes into the app three times a week. And you could then have your GM message her, be like, hey, Sally, how are those workouts been going? Actually, I really enjoy them, blah, blah, great. How's studying for, you know, the, the, how's the grad school going? It's going good, blah, blah. I, I just think, again, it is one more arm that you can create to keep some awareness around there. Is there a huge revenue, like top-end revenue generation? I don't think so. But still, 30%, let's say 100 people cancel your gym in a year. If 30% stay on the tit for something in the 999 to 1499 range, 30% out of 100, it, it's not a lot of money. Would it probably yeah, be? And that's where I wonder is the juice worth the squeeze? Because again, yeah, I don't yeah. like complexity. And but so I now think I think then I, you I take it to the front. Workouts, I have to main, you know, make sure that those, that subscription service is constantly working. And when people call in and say, hey, I wasn't able to access the app, like now that's taking time out of me or somebody else. I just, Somebody will do it. Somebody will prove whether you're right or I'm right. And then we'll just say, all right, I'm going to do it now. Like so, I was already, so that's where I was two days ago. I sat there and I watched Jason Kalipa record the entire week's worth of workout explanations that they do on their NC Collective app for the week, the following week. I literally sat there and I got to document their entire creation process of how they go ahead and they have two tracks, one for the member, one for the coaches. Mm -hmm. Now his product we talked, I said, Jason, have you ever thought about packages, packaging this up with what the idea I just spit? And he goes, no, I'm not, we haven't. We're literally just like for him, it's just a sell it to affiliate owners, CrossFit gym owners. But you could tell the wheels were turning like, yeah, we, I can see how people who love our coaching and programming and they go to, cause again, how many people quit the gym and go to a garage gym during a recession? Right? How many people quit and go to a garage gym when they just like, I'm not going to lie, I don't need to be chasing all these 27-year-old sexies around here anymore. I'm fucking, I just like the back squat and do pull-ups and military press. Mm -hmm. But I would like maybe to follow some of the programming sometime if there was enough value added there. So all I'm saying is I think this at least gets your foot in the door into digital because I think we'll all be sitting here in 10 years and there's, there cannot not be a digital component. Mm-hmm. No, oh, I don't disagree. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like, I wouldn't go pursue that right now. Just me yeah. personally. Oh no, I think it's super never, early like, right now. Four cancellations this month and I'm going to sell one of them on a $14, $15 subscription. Like fuck that. A hundred percent. The ROI is not going to be there at small production. This is something that you'd have to invest in and realize that the people that get on the tip with this now, that one person out of the four this month 
all they are is R&D for you. Mm -hmm. They're R&D who's going to tell you this worked, this did it, I didn't like this, so that when digital does become bigger and everyone's doing it in the big players, the Orange Theories, what happens when Orange Theory has OTF at home? ClassPass just released this quarter, ClassPass at home. Mm -hmm. So you literally now can follow along just like you can with Peloton and Tonal and the Mirror. You can follow, guys, if you don't follow Tonal, you don't follow the Mirror, you don't follow these brands, you need to. They're at-home digital workout solutions. They are now able to offer that via class, class pass their at-home product now. And I just There's think- always been a segment of the market that, that buys that, and they'll always be that segment, right? That's the P90X, Beachbody. Correct. Like that's that segment. And so I think it depends on, like for our market, and our market's a little bit older, you know, we have like median age 41, like they're probably not going to do a garage workout. They're probably, some of them probably have a Peloton, they just don't use it a whole lot. They come here because there's accountability and there's the social, social. factor. Of, they get to, like- why do guys get on the mat and do jujitsu or do Muay Thai? Like, yeah, there's a good workout and they're learning some skills. They get to shoot the shit. Exactly. Right? They get to bitch about their wives or husbands or boyfriend, like whatever. There's part of that you'll never replace with digital or never, maybe ever. not in a workout. Like you can get in no. a chat room and do that stuff. But I think work, I think gyms, micro gyms, brick and mortars, bars, clubs, places like that. No one's going to put on an Oculus headset and VR that. Now, right. They will VR sitting courtside at a Cavs game, right? But with their buddies and they go all sit there and chum it up. But fitness and social settings like that will not. I truly, I don't believe digital is going to replace brick and mortar. What I do believe though is, is I believe that we will see, and again, it's it depending on the market. So I look at mine, mine is very susceptible. That's maybe why I'm very passionate about this. My market is 25 to 40 year olds. And when they hit that 28 to 35 year old, they're getting engaged or getting married and that first baby's coming. My mm -hmm. wife is a perfect avatar, loves what we do here, never comes to the gym because it doesn't work with her busy work business owner schedule, her baby schedule. Mm -hmm. So where does she go? She works out at home and watches a YouTube video or whatever, or she goes to the closest studio, which is at Orange Theory at the bottom of my street. And it's a convenience thing. I think about myself now, if I didn't own a gym and I was doing what the fuck gym talk, I, I'm not sure whether I'd join a gym. I'm, my, my schedule is just absolutely insane. I would probably need to go garage gym, but I'm not a guy that's just going to fucking just work out on his own. Like I'm, even me as a gym owner, I want direction. I want someone to tell me what to do. I hired my own individual design coach for almost two years. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. I just, what I really like about even just thinking of it, even to the effect where people put a little more effort into a private YouTube channel or you post up workouts of stuff on yeah. your, is because I do believe digital will show up at some point and I just want people to have tasted and fucked with it to a degree. And I think you could double purpose the content. I think you could upload it to your Facebook page and people are like, oh, that's how the workouts look at, you know, Phoenix. That's pretty cool. That's the piece. I think if you can get people bought into, it's that no like and trust. Yeah. If you're bringing them through that funnel, they're watching it for three, six months. I mean, you can even put it out for free and just see who's watching it and then start messaging them. Hey, you like this stuff? You ever want to come in and try it? I think that's more interesting to me because that's the, that's the bigger game than on the back end selling it and trying to keep a few more bucks from people who are leaving. Oh, 100%. And I will, and I've used you as an example. You guys, if you want to see a gym that does Instagram stories really fucking well, these are the guys. So we joked around earlier about the sword fit. Will you just tell the sword fit story for a second? Yeah, so there's a there's an uh, an Instagram uh, guy. I think it's a piece by guy is literally the the handle, and he just does these crazy videos where he gets and I think his hook is he gets somebody else to film him and upload it, and then he 
I don't know, then he just shares it. So it looks like somebody else did yeah. it and they didn't know him, but it's all planned. But one of them was him just swinging a sword and doing some crazy shit with a sword in a gym. He's got a Roman chair doing sit-ups with the sword like he was stabbing. Yeah, he's on a bike. Like, imagine he's mounted on a horse swinging it above his head. But the dude looks like me. I mean, legit, I got to admit, everybody kept tagging me. Everybody on Facebook and Instagram tagging me. Is this you? Seriously. Most people knew it wasn't, but they still said he looks like you. And then some people like, is that you? So I said, ah, fuck it. I went, got a, you know, toy sword, not toy sword. It's actually a replica from the movie Gladiator. The thing is actually metal and heavy as shit. (laughs) Point is sharp. So there was some danger there. And we brought it in and, and I filmed the first few pieces doing just what he had done. And then I went off script and just did a whole bunch of other shit. It was fun. You know, we filmed it like 15 minutes in an afternoon and then I uploaded it just for shits and grins. And I mean, that shit went viral. People were sharing it in forums around the world. It was how, many, how many views did that thing get? I, I didn't, I didn't. Cause again, it's like a vanity metric. It's like, who cares? Who knows? It's not bringing anybody. Well, I should say locally it brought some business. There was a couple guys that have known me for years that have said, yeah. you know, I'm going to join your gym someday. And then they saw that video and I was like, God damn it. You know, I'm calling him now. So that, I, I did get a couple messages locally from people, but you know, being shared in Australia, cool. I don't know those guys. It could be a million. It could be a thousand. I don't care. I don't know. But it was fun. It, well, it got, I mean, it got reshared over and over. It was so, it, it goes viral. And I see, so Ethan tells, we, me and him are talking about this and our messenger fucking back and forth conversations. And then I see it and I was like, oh fuck, this is so good. So anyway, that, that video, the one where you wrapped your legs around the bag, with that, he, he literally <laughs> yeah. wraps his legs around the, the, the heavy bag and he's doing sit-ups and stabbing the fucking thing with the sword. It was just, it was incredible. But going to, you know, one thing I give, I give Ethan daps on a lot of stuff. One of them is his Instagram stories. I look at, like, again, I do a, a, a three-day-a-week vlog, and I look at, there's a vlog that Phoenix puts out daily between the hours of it looks like, whatever, it looks like it's mainly your evening hours, or is there a lot of afternoon and I'm just kind of getting it? Well, so I, I get it throughout the day. I film stuff. I get my other trainers to give me stuff. And then literally, gym gets done, 8, 8.30, and I'm furiously sorting through editing. All right. I got 30, 40 videos. I got to get it down under 20 and then put together some captions and a story. And it's my furious output of the evening. And then bang up, I upload it all at once. And there's a strategy behind that. So what I've realized is people that want to go out throughout the day and look, did you post your story or not? Because the way Instagram puts them across the top, you don't know if there's a new story, having that reliability of every single, and we only do it weeknights, every weeknight, somewhere between nine and 10 and the whole thing is uploaded start to finish. And I bookend it with a, here's the day we're starting Tuesday. And at the very end of it, good night. Like we're done. That's the whole story. Um, but yeah, we get, here's an interesting thing. Like the number of viewers watching that and watching all the way through, like from the first panel to the last, we get like a 90% follow through rate, which is incredible. How many people watch 15, 20 videos or quick snippets in a row? Now, to be fair, they're almost all gym members, family members of gym members. Like, But that's still good. That's brand. No, no, it's perfect, right? Because that's, that's our retention model. Those people get to train at the gym, and then when they're not at the gym, see what's going on, see their friends, see who else is there, feel like they're part of a, a, a club. Like, there's inside jokes. Anybody else, any of your other listeners, go watch our stories. Like, yeah, I don't get it. It's not that funny. Because yeah. um, you're missing all the inside jokes, right? Because you'd have to be here, which is the point. But here's an interesting thing, because um, I don't know if you've heard, well, I'm sure you've heard, but other people have been talking about, hey, is Zuckerberg really going to get rid of the, uh, the news feed? Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. It's going to be all groups, and everybody's like, what the hell? why would that ever be the case? That's stupid. When we post something on our Instagram profile, and I look at you know, however many 
fans we have and what percent are engaging with that. It's a third of the engagement that we get on our stories with people clicking through and watching every single one. Three times as many are watching through all of our stories and are actually seeing any of our posts and doing anything with it. So it's pretty, that was pretty eye-opening to me. And I was like, that's bullshit. That's never going to happen. Oh, wait, it's actually happening right now with our account. Yeah. Instagram stories replaced the television remote. My grandfather, that was him. Click, 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 click. That's just what people do. Just boom, boom, boom. Next 10 seconds, next 10 seconds, go, go, go. And it's, it's, it's amazing. You look at accounts, even a, did you happen to watch, um, Netflix did a documentary on the fat Jewish slut whisper, a bunch of these huge Instagram accounts of varying degrees. And it was very interesting to see like the fat Jewish is probably one of my favorite Instagram accounts, just hilarious memes and satire. And just, it's just, it's great. You would really like it. All right, I'm um, on them today. <laughs> but um, yeah, the stories I think have got the greatest opportunity to give someone an insight. I think it's two different things. Like I think of stories and gallery two different ways. So I'm a big fan. Don't create, like I, I'm going to argue against you in here. Generally, I don't want your content you put on social to be the inside jokes because I want your prospects to be able to engage with it. Now, I do look at your gallery as completely prospect driven and then your stories as a station that, again, if you're in the know, good, but because there's only 10 seconds, it's like how many times have you turned on a show and you got halfway, you're like literally watching episode seven of a season and you never saw anything else, but you stick with it anyway. Your stuff isn't so inside that I would turn it off because it's still- Oh, no, it is. I'm just saying there are some inside jokes, but to your point, we had a guy who signed up recently and when he came in, after we talked about a bunch of other stuff, he said, you know what finally won me over? It's like, I started watching your stories recently. And I saw dudes that looked just like me and I saw them working out, but I saw them joking around, laughing. You guys just are having so much fun. It just seemed like the right place for me. I've never felt comfortable in a gym. So I had to come in and check out. And he's like, I feel like I know you guys. I watch oh, yeah. you, watch all the people in the stories and you know, I'll tag them and I'll name them. So they start to get to know who they are. That's huge. Oh, and it, like, there's always like, my favorite on your stories because I watch them is like the guy that's always like sitting there on his phone. You always like talking shit when nobody's looking, like when you get them on the stories and you're yeah. like, yeah, that looks like a hard exercise over there, John. What are you doing? Like, it's hysterical. Um, and so I think it's so funny. Someone asked me like, who does really good documentaries? And I used you as an example. I said, Phoenix does great documentary. They do a daily vlog. They just do it 10 seconds at a time is essentially what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's listening and you're trying to up that up, I want you to go look at what, what these guys are doing. I think Ethan's done a phenomenal job with it. It does require someone truly dedicated to just having that phone and capturing it all day. You probably had to up your, you know, your next iPhone purchase, you're going to get the 128 gigs. Cause like keeping <laughs> all that footage on there is just money. It is. It's a pain in the ass and then sorting through and getting the, you know, the perfect, cause you, you do have to be careful. Even in the stories, you don't make people look unintentionally bad. Correct. Like, if you want to clown the guy who's, yeah, you catch the one minute he's taking a break and you go, look at everybody working except this guy. But you know, the person bent over at an awkward angle who doesn't want to be seen that way. So I have to go back through and edit. And that's why this started with Snapchat with people tell me get on Snapchat. Yeah. But I hated Snapchat because it had to be like, you have to film it and post it. If you try to go back and pull it out of your camera roll, they made it look like shit. And I want that ability to edit before I upload. I don't so want it unintentional. seconds at a time on your phone and then you upload the fight, you edit and then upload. Oh, I'll, no, I'll, I'll shoot like a minute or two. Like if I'm yep. watching two guys sparring in jujitsu, I might do the whole role. But that one moment where somebody hits some beautiful move and yeah. like, boom, that gets clipped out and put in. So that's Perfect. where it takes 
a little bit of extra time of sorting through in the middle of the night and trying to get all the little clips and pieces that's, and put them the in. Modern day vlog. That's the vlog. That's the modern day vlog. There's literally vlog easy. It's an app where you upload a video, any video and any like pauses and ums, it instantly cuts it out and jump cuts your entire video. Yeah. It just, it's crazy how much content creation again, that's why I'm so big on it is because it's like, is one of like the fastest growing apps on the Apple on the app store uh, that make content creation easier. But um, yeah, I just, I had to give you some daps on it. I think your, your guys' stories are absolutely. The problem is we've created a monster where literally now, if I ever skip a day, I get the messages, dude, where's the story? Did I miss it? I didn't upload you- on Wednesday. You would have thought I told, I killed someone's mother because I didn't upload the vlog on Wednesday because I was traveling. Yeah, I mean, I'll be here at the gym and I'm trying to close down. And of course, like somebody kept me after for another half an hour and now yeah. I'm furiously and she's messaging me. Are you coming home? Like, I, I got to get the story done. Like, Yeah. I love it. But that's, but it's, it's amazing. I'd be, it's So here's the one thing I think it's very interesting. So here's a challenge for you. I want you to start looking at the total number of views you're getting on it. And is it greater or lower than your followers? Would you guess? So do you have more views than followers or more followers than views? I don't know. We still have more like, I, we don't have a huge Instagram account, like seven, 800 maybe. Sure. And we're so getting about 140 that'll follow all the way through the story. I would be very interested in putting some calls to action. If you're enjoying this, hit that, hit that follow button. See what you can transfer over. So I've been fucking around with Reddit. Remember I told you I'm going to start messing around with LinkedIn? So I still am observing, and it, it, brother, I'm not going to lie. My biggest observation, I would have to reshoot content. In my opinion, I cannot come at LinkedIn with as much WTF bravado as I do. And so that, that's been kind of one of the things that slowed me down. So then in my next plan was in, 29, in 2020 was the fuck with Reddit. You, do you get on Reddit ever? Uh, occasionally. I don't spend a lot of time on <sighs> it. Yeah. It is literally, it is, it's, it's been great. I literally have grown the, the, the YouTube channel by 500 followers in 48 hours or whatever it is, but our subscribers, but the amount of hate that comes out of Reddit, like the actual, the troll, like yeah. Reddit is like troll central. Uh, but I don't have for that shit. It's just so interesting to see how to, how you like siphon people from one platform to the other mm-hmm. or people on a platform who just watch, but don't follow. And how just a few legit, very honest, like guys, if you're really enjoying this, we'd love for you to hit that follow button, blah, blah, blah. Everyone that follows today, we're going to go ahead. We're going to, you know, we're going to put one of you like doing something in there and seeing, can you, can you herd the sheep? Because otherwise, what's the point of this is if we're just up there dancing like monkeys and we have nowhere to direct people, you know, and we can't get them to do what we want, which is a business. That's what we do. We exhibit influence, getting people to follow in our, like what we want them to do. That's, that's influence, that's leadership, whatever you want to call it. So I, I think that's really interesting. I, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't be growing that following by a hundred a month by just call quick little calls to actions to please do it. Like, you know, you got a picture of a cute kid that, you know, you guys have in there, like, please follow or my mommy will beat me. Like something like that would be hysterical. Like a bunch of people would follow cause that's funny. And, uh, however you guys yeah. feel about beating kids, it's, you know, well, well, I mean, we do it regularly. So you know, <laughs> my own, especially <laughs> I prefer to beat other people's kids. Um, no, that's, that's, that's more fun. you know, if you listen to the whining and crying all exactly. the next day, <laughs> Oh man, this has been awesome, man. Listen, Ethan, if anyone's listening to this and they're, uh, they're like, or anyone's in the Virginia area, you know, I've got clients that are in that, that spot of town and, um, I cannot recommend biz is super important guys. If you guys are ever in the Virginia area, the Richmond area, 
hit up Ethan. This is a guy who he's a, he's a killer fisherman. He'll take you, he'll go fishing with you. And uh, I'm sure he'd sit down and have a beer and talk shop as well. How could someone get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me, Ethan, first name at Phoenix, FMA, as in fitnessmartialarts.com. Half my audience is going to have to Google Phoenix because they're going to put the E in front of the O or the O, whichever the fucking wrong way of doing it, like I always do. Um, Yeah, guys. Uh, But that is awesome. And also, go follow those stories and hit follow. Don't just watch the story. Hit follow. And then I want you guys to go ahead and you could DM him there as well. I'm sure he's pretty prompt there. Um, Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good way to get me too now. More and more is on Facebook and Instagram Messenger. Awesome, man. Ethan, dude, I really appreciate you chopping it up with me today. I appreciate it. I love it. Thank you. And thank you for all the help. Again, a big part of our success over the last year after the first three years of growing okay, but, you know, hitting some struggles was having you as our mentor and as our coach. You know, I came to you, as I said, and I said in that article, I came to you for the coaching on staffing, but I stayed because of the PT first. That was like a game changer. But I came to you because I couldn't figure out how to go from a bunch of part-time staff that were rotating towards some full-time staff. So you've been tremendous in our business. I think more people should be calling you. I think that was your pitch that won me over. I listened to all your content. And then you were like, just give me a call if you got a single problem. And I can just do a single call. We can go month to month. I'm like, that sounds like the best approach. Yeah. So that's a, that's a no-brainer. Keep doing that and keep helping people. And I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, brother. All right. See you. Cool.